Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers is being lowered. Once a neck, always a neck. What's going on, guys? You're listening to Nickish. You got your boys Mo and Faiz. Uh, Sid could not join us. He cannot find his laptop. He just doesn't know where it is. He moved from one place to another. Who, know, who knows where he is? That dude got to get his shit together. That's all I got to say. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Knicks are officially in the playoffs. They are locked in and loaded. Um, we're going to talk all about it. Um, make sure you guys check our website, nick-ish.com. Copy yourself the latest Nickish hoodie in navy colorway. And check out our podcast. Give us that five-star review. And uh, bring my guy fights. What's going on, bro? <laughs> it's all smiles, man. Everyone, I feel like you, you had to throw that sub that Sid because, like, we were just talking about how awesome WrestleMania weekend was. Yeah. And it was like we just wanted Sid to be here to just fucking go off. Like, we didn't even talk about Liv Morgan. And I feel like if Sid was here, he would have been so upset. Like, how did you not mention the Liv Morgan match? Like, we were just giggling about fucking Roman Reigns and stuff. But shout out to Sid, you know, get your get your laptop, man. Um, I, I wish he was here to talk about how the, the Knicks clinch this top six seed, man. We're guaranteed made to the playoffs. Um, I feel like it, that that game against the Wizards was like a super trap game. So to, to get that win against them, I'm, I'm hyped, man. I'm feeling good. Yeah, I mean, how could you not? At this point, it feels like a, a ways off our shoulders because we had they not won that game, it would just be a constant sense of tension on whether the Knicks are going to make the playoffs or they're going to you know fall and slide into a play-in tournament. But no, they they handled business. They were down eight points at the half, and they they got their shit together and and they played really well. And we'll we'll talk about the different players that deserve their flowers. And um, <clears throat> you know, I don't watch too many Mavericks games, but I tuned after that Knicks game ended. I tuned right into the Mavericks game, and bro, like they don't they don't have their shit together. And it's crazy yeah. when it's the last when it's the final couple of possessions, and they're not making the kind of plays that. Oddly enough, we're used to seeing the Knicks make like they they pass it to the right player. I don't know what Luca was doing. He would pass it out to Green, who is not a great three point shooter, at least in the clutch. Give it to Kyrie. That guy's got the hot hand, and then they lost in in OT. So, anyway, um, I bring up the Mavs because everyone's talking about the fact that the Knicks don't have a first round pick this year, and if the Mavs' pick falls down to below ten or eleven or below, uh, it's the Knicks' pick. But just have to remember that the if the Mavs end up getting a top ten pick. This situation just comes back again next year. If the, if the Mavericks have a pick that's not top 10, then it's the Knicks' pick, and it's okay. So um, for us, we just have to consider as a bonus. We're in the playoffs, guaranteed, either fifth or sixth seed, and I'm, I'm hype about that. Yeah, I mean that that Mavs game. Oh my god, that was horrible to watch. I was really, I was really, really ruined for them. But like, you know, at the end of the day, who's Luca? I feel like anyone he could have passed it to aside from Kyrie, I would have been like, who the fuck? Why would you pass that? Like, but um, I, I mean, at the end of the day, the Knicks right now they're they're in a good position. Like, even though, uh, you know, they 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 had to play this game without Randall. They've been playing the last few games without Randall. They really did take care of business. And even uh, this Wizards game, they didn't have RJ two starters out of the game. They still were able to make something happen, and they were down uh, a lot through the whole game. But then you saw that bench unit come in. You saw the team just take care of business and and take back the lead and win the game. Um, I agree with you. Where I'm, I'm glad that that tension isn't there because Knicks fans on Twitter, 
it's it's just annoying to deal with uh coming coming into the playoffs you want just mostly good vibes so the Knicks are part of that good vibe crew with the top four teams in the east and then there's them and I, I kind of see it just like that in terms of the standings like there's those top at least three teams in the east the Cavs and the Knicks and then at Brooklyn, you know, they're, they're looking like a good team. They've really gotten it. They've gotten it come together recently with Mikael Bridges and whatnot, but I'm not too scared of them. I feel like the Knicks and the Cavs are like a tier above that. So, you know, we, we kind of got to talk about Friday's game. And I feel like that was a marquee game for, for NBA fans. Forget just Knicks fans, like the Cavs and, and the Knicks. Like this storyline has been brewing since the offseason when Donovan Mitchell was able to go to over to the Cavs when he clearly wanted to go to the Knicks. And, you know, Knicks fans had to hear a lot of shit about how Jalen Brunson wasn't a good signing, overpaid, whatnot. And we got to see one of those duels, those duels that we saw with the Mavs and the Jazz last season in the playoffs with Donovan Mitchell and Mitchell, uh, Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brunson. But it was so refreshing to see that with our players, we were able to finally beat the Cavs. Um, I think in our series against the Cavs, that was the first game that was won uh, not with home court advantage. So the Knicks were able to break that in. I was saying it before before the Heat game and, and the Cavs game. Those are two rivals that the Knicks have in the East, and those are two mandatory games to win. One of them being the one where Randall goes out, and you're, you're kind of scared, you're kind of shook, but hey, man, the Knicks made it work, and they, they really took care of business when they needed to against these rival teams. Yeah, all facts. And just going into that Cavs game, we're not going to spend too much time on it, but um, Donovan Mitchell started off the quarter, or at least the game, hot. He missed only one shot, 10 of 11, and... Honestly, had Brunson not kept up with it, we would have lost that game right away, uh, just just off the bat. And Brunson kept toe-to-toe duel, and honestly, the result is the same as it was last season. Brunson got the better of Donovan Mitchell without Randall playing in this game. And even Mitchell touched on it, uh, without Randall playing in the game, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're playing better but we're playing differently where we could speed up the game where we have guys who can run, run the lane, run in transition and um, not slow the game down the way the Knicks have to, when they have another ISO player in Randall. So we were able to play differently and I got to give my kudos to Tibbs. I mean, we see Tibbs adjusting and it couldn't have come at a better time when it's towards the end of the season. And it's, it's time to really think outside the box, think creatively. We're seeing, we're seeing Obi start. We're seeing Obi play over 30 minutes a game. Um, I don't know who who put the stat out, but Obi's only played over 30 minutes a game, 30 minutes in a game, just eight times in his career. And in that time frame, he's scoring over 24 points per game. I mean, he he knows when he when he's gained those minutes and he has that confidence, it's hard to stop him while shooting the three, uh, playing in transition. And uh, with that with that Cavs game, I mean. Apart from apart from all that, the story is Jalen Brunson, and he is a superstar right now on this team. And he played in a way that we haven't seen in a long time, just playing unconsciously, shooting from everywhere around the court. And we didn't really, we don't really get to see that much. We haven't seen it since number seven left, and we're seeing it right now with Jalen Brunson. So having him on the team has been a blessing. It's been a fucking steal that Leon Rose put together. So shout out to him and uh, this Knicks team, man. It's good vibes right now. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the conversations that we had like earlier this year coming coming together. Like uh, I remember earlier this season we talked about how Jalen Brunson might be the best uh, signing or trade, whatever acquisition that the Knicks have had since Carmelo Anthony, and he might be the best player since then. And the, it's looking it's looking more and more true every single day. And then I think you had a question for me earlier this season. You were asking me if uh, Jalen Brunson's a superstar, and I was really hesitant to say yes to that. But man, it's it's hard to 
to be hesitant now seeing him play at this level and one of the biggest stages at, uh, at away from home, you know, against a, a rival, like a fierce competitor in Donovan Mitchell. Like, uh, and the best part about it is that we're going to expect the same type of guard defense coming into the playoffs when the Knicks might be masked up in four and five. And I'm with you, man. I know we bashed on Tibbs a lot all season. We were very critical of him from the beginning of the season, including us asking for his head, asking him to get fired, but shout Rightfully out to Leo. So. Yeah, you know, I, I still think I still think that, you know, we had the right reasons. He did adjust to things that we were calling for all season, like starting Grimes, like playing Grimes more minutes, play uh, taking Evan Fournier out the rotation and whatnot. But Tibbs adjusted and Leon Rose kept his cool. Like, you know, he was sitting at that poker table, not not scared. He he stayed and kept his poker face and was able to weather through the storm. And two out of the three years that he's been uh, in charge, we made the playoffs, the four and five seed two times. You could clearly look at last year as a misstep, you know, trying to put all our eggs in the basket of Kemba Walker or not. But that was just, you know, a fantasy that didn't work out. But we're seeing Leon make up for that in plentifuls. This team feels much better than that four seed team that felt a little bit more fluky. But, you know, you were giving credit to Tibbs, and I 100% agree with you. But I'm going to also give credit to to his team, like uh, the way Quentin Grimes has been playing, the way Josh Hart's been playing. It's easy to adjust and, and change the rotation when you have a stable of teammates, a stable of guys who are just always they have it on like Hartenstein finding his role and finally feeling comfortable in it. Mitchell Robinson getting those offensive rebounds. Like every single part of this team has been a a important cog. Emmanuel quickly. Like I can't like down to even Obi Toppin, who we've been so critical of because of the lack of minutes and critical of Tom Thibodeau, but everything feels better when you're winning all those complaints we had all season. It just feels so cathartic to be like, yes, like, it's all working out and it's, it's the whole team working all together. Leon Rose making the move, trading that first round pick to acquire Josh Hart, him being an important part of our rotation. Like it's, it's all, it's all working out and shout out to all the guys on this Knicks roster for being able to get this, this chemistry in. And I'm excited for the playoffs, man. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, you spoke about each player directly. Quinn Grimes, double digit points, six games in a row. Hartenstein finally, you know, and I don't mean to say finally because he's been doing it for at least a couple of months, it feels, but he, he seems to know his role and he's playing the right way. I mean, d- defensively, he's been playing extremely well. Uh, we're seeing passing, him, man. We're seeing those Jokic in the East comparisons the, again. <laughs> the sharp passes, the sharp passes. We're, we're not seeing him resort to three pointers, but he's, he's getting the he's getting shots at the right time. He's playing smart. And, um, you know, he's he's enjoying himself now while playing the garden. I think earlier in the season, when you when you jump on a team like New York, you know, you kind of feel that pressure of the garden and having to perform. And that might or might not have gotten into his head. But all we know now and what's most important is that he knows his role now and he's playing to it, to his strengths. And so is Grimes. I mean, the shots are looking wet every time. I mean, he's I don't know how many three points he's made. Uh, over his the release, man, he's been. Like, as soon as he touches the ball, he shoots it off. I feel like he's literally getting ready for playoffs where Tibbs is like, hey, man, as soon as you get the ball, green light. Just shoot that thing. Like, Yeah. The last six games when he scored double digits in each game, he's made almost 33 pointers. Holy shit. <laughs> at, a, at a high efficiency rate. I mean, this is a deep team. And we got – It's one of the best – one of the best benches of the NBA. You, you yeah. have to say that. And 
I feel like the reason that they've even come here is because they're such a battle-tested team. Like we touch on it like almost every episode, but like the Knicks have gone through the trials and tribulations of having Mitchell Robinson go out and Hartenstein being able to step up. Now they're going through this Randall phase where Randall's out. And I feel like this is going to be beneficial for us because now we're seeing what the offense looks like without Randall. Mind you, for the first time this entire year, Randall played every single game besides this. So this is the first time we're seeing this look of the Knicks and they look fantastic. They look comfortable. And you you might want to see what that team looks like because we've seen it before in the playoffs where uh, you take away Randall with the double team. The rest of the team looks kind of scared. That's what happened in the fourth seed year. But now I, I feel much more confident knowing the Knicks went through two weeks without Randall and they they seem like they're rolling. You know, uh, I know we still have three games left, two against the Pacers and one against the the Pelicans who are looking to also make that push with the West being so congested uh, in that play in spot. But, you know, the Knicks, I'm hoping they can overcome and they could possibly end this year in what, like a seven game win streak. That would be that'd be fantastic to end the season like that. Yeah. And this team is a guard guard strong team. I, I don't know what the right terminology for that or the best terminology is for that, but we get we, our, our strongest guys are our guards and that's an anomaly for the Knicks. And from the guards, it goes to our bigs. We're a little light on the wings and the wings are the ones that need to step up for us, make real noise in the playoffs. But I think that Cavs game was a good test for us on how we perform against bigs and Turns out we we out rebounded the Cavs with all those long players, and for us missing out on Randall, we out rebounded that team, and I think that that speaks in volumes, especially when we're running and gunning at, at all at all costs. And these guys are getting these guys are crashing boards at, at the right pace, and we are a very good rebounding team. But again, against a team that's long like the Cavs, and I know that's something that's a concern for us going to the playoffs. They they performed admirably. It was great that they were able to play so well against the team with Evan Mobley, but I'm still a little scared of seeing what the Cavs look like with Jared Allen and Evan Mobley because I just don't see a world where the Knicks end up playing Harnstein and Mitchell Robinson at the same time. So I am just just a little concerned, but I mean, at the end of the day, I, I I'm gonna I, I'm still gonna be excited about that win. Like the Knicks won that game convincingly. The Heat game they also won convincingly. Where like. It was a tight game through three quarters, even the beginning of the fourth. But then the Knicks, like when push came to shove, the Knicks against the Cavs and the Heat both times, they just clearly looked like the better team. They outclassed the other the other uh, team on the floor like immediately. And it, it was fantastic to see how they were able to close out those games because that's what you want in the playoffs. Like at the end of the day, that's what usually happens with these playoff games. We barely ever see like there are uh, definitely um, – blowouts but there's a lot more games where it's really close-knit it's really tight and then whichever team can just make the adjustments and show that they're the better team they're the ones who come out on top and man the Knicks doing it against two fierce rivals in the east like I know that the heat maybe in the standings might not show it but that's definitely a fierce rival Jimmy Butler playing with them Bam playing in that game and the Knicks were able to come on top so shout out to them any any causes for concerns as we are in the home stretch for the rest of the season, the regular season, going to the playoffs? Um, I mean, like, I, I wouldn't say, like, I'm, like, immediately concerned just because uh, winning, you know, good vibes everywhere. I'm, I'm happy. But, you know, if you if you look deep into enough into it, like, there's a little bit of concern with R.J. Barrett. He is, he is playing a lot of minutes, and we're not seeing him play uh, up to the level of guys like Grimes and IQ are right now. Uh, I'm not using that to bash him. I'm not using that to say that, IQ and Grimes are currently better or whatnot, but objectively RJ just hasn't been the best out of those young guys. So uh, I'd like to see him step it up a little bit more, but Hey man, I mean, he's still playing his role. We're seeing like in the second halves of games, he's still uh, uh, playing good defense and, you know, getting some timely buckets, but there's a level of concern there. And I, 
I don't know. I want to say I'm a little concerned that that like maybe Brunson might not be able to hold us up in the playoffs, but I don't know. That's just that's just me being scared as a Knicks fan. Like <laughs> I've watched Jalen Brunson. Like I was one of the people who were up in front about like how great Jalen Brunson is, how he's amazing in the playoffs. Like he's everything this team needs, but th- that old Knicks mentality is still always going to be in me. So I'm just still scared. Like, is it going to be like, we're all at the dance and I forgot my shoes, you know, like we're all, <laughs> we're all at the ball. And like, I, I'm, I forgot to wear my pants to the party or something. Like I'm, I, it's just like a nightmare, man. I'm scared that something like that's going to happen with Brunson. But at the same time, I, I have confidence in this team, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> what I noticed from that Cavs game is that there's just a lot of RJ Barrett bashing. Like that's become the wave now. That's what uh, yeah, that's just becoming popular. But I mean, we've seen it time and time again, we've seen it with IQ the bashing. We've seen it right, with Randall right. for sure. We've seen it with Hartenstein. All these guys have turned around their seasons. RJ Barrett himself has, has done it time and time again, where he right, wouldn't right. play as, as well. And then people will shit on him and then he'll just, you know, prove the doubters wrong. And he's younger than all the, all of the above. He's only still 22 years old. So he was out of game uh, due to you know whatever sickness. I'm sure he'll be back at the next game, but I'm not I'm not too worried about him. But what I what I what I want to see from him is for him to step up. Like we can't right. he, he can't just be a solid player. He has to be great for right, him right. to live up to his potential as a number three guy. For us to really get to where we want to go, we need RJ to to be that guy that we that we expected when we drafted him. Yeah, and again, we're not feeling those holes as much because we have a guy like Josh Hart now and we have Grimes playing at the level that he has. So it's it's great that the front office was able to recognize that, hey, like RJ's great. We want to still keep building with him. We still have him on the roster, but if we could help pick up some of the slack that he might have on certain nights, the, the team might be winning more. And, you know, you're looking at the stats. Uh, I think some. I think Alex uh, from from uh, uh, Nick Central pointed it out. The Knicks with Josh Hart are, are 16 and 6, like, that's a pretty impressive stat to have, you know, like to, to, to be a team that only lost six times in this uh, era, especially when those uh, middle of the season trade ac- trade acquisitions don't usually pan out. They don't like seamlessly fit into the offense. Like we're looking at Kyrie and the Mavs right now and you've, you're seeing how far that's gone, but you see a team like the Knicks, they're seamlessly putting Josh Hart into his offense and he's already talking about wanting to come back next year, be extended and, this is what you want. This is Nick's culture, man. Like we, we have like three years of proof of what we're aiming to be and what we've become. And I'm, I'm so excited to see this playoff series and continuous more playoff series. Cause that's what this team feels like. This young core feels like we can, we could definitely make the playoffs again next year. Like we're looking at old tweets from earlier this season, talking about the Knicks are barely a play in team. Like, honestly, I was one of those people who were like, I think the Knicks will probably make a higher seeding in the play in. Like, I think there'll be like seven, eight, there'll be like seven, eight playing the eight, uh, the nine, 10 for the play in spots, but they be all expectations, all of my expectations, at least making the six seed, confirming the playoffs, man. I'm, I'm happy with this team. Yeah. I mean, as you mentioned, that would, a lot of teams don't often have mid-season acquisitions pan out. We had D. Rose two years ago who changed out. the direction of the team, and now we're seeing it with with Hart. So, again, shout shout to the front office. So again, we I feel like we keep saving. They keep like they're always almost on the precipice of fucking up, and then <laughs> they they end up getting saved from that. And honestly, if if we had given up this whole team for Donovan Mitchell. I'm not saying I'm not saying we, we would have been any worse. We might have been in the same position. I don't know. But what I do know is that we're in the playoffs right now, and we might not have been if Donovan Mitchell was here. And, and that entire cast of players who are critical for every game with this deep ass team 
and how they're contributing, we wouldn't have had that had we had we gotten Donovan Mitchell instead. I mean, look at the Knicks right now, Matt. They're a few games behind the Cavs. They didn't make that trade. They didn't get all their picks up. They didn't give up Quentin Grimes, the guy that we're raving about, the guy who's a starter, one of the guys who's guarding Donovan Mitchell. We didn't get any of those guys up, so we have the positioning to make another move like that while we have Jalen Brunson. So we're literally where the Cavs are at, uh, basically, and we didn't give up the picks. We didn't give up anything. The Cavs, like... Bless them. They have a good young team. You know, it's going to be, I'm I'm excited for that series. Like I really do respect them as a team. I'm not looking them as like lowly or anything like this is going to be a really good uh, matchup, but they don't have uh, options to make more moves. They're more reliant on their guys like Evan Mobley and uh, uh, Darius Garland making further leaps and bounds and jumps. But we can rely on that with guys like IQ, RJ Barrett, Obi Toppin, you know, um, Quentin Grimes. We can still count on them to make those leaps while still adding on players because we have picks. We still like this Mavs pick possibly could pan out this year, but if it doesn't, then next year we just have two picks. That's why I'm not like, I'm not too upset that the Knicks don't have a pick this year. I'm not really upset that the, they traded it for Josh Hart because. Honestly, I don't really see a space on this team for more players to come, especially with before it was like, okay, we want to get rid of Todd Gibson. We want to get rid of Nerlens Noel, Alec Burks. I feel like this rotation is tight. Like we got a, a good room of veterans with Derek Rose, Julius Randle, Josh Hart. Like these are the veteran guys. And then we have, and Jalen Brunson, and then we have the young guys. And I don't think we have space to keep adding people. Instead, I think this is the time where we start using our chips, utilizing them to make trades and, that's how, that's why I'm okay. Like now, if this pick doesn't pan out this year, then we can still use the Dallas pick next year and be like, hey, guys, like let's make a trade happen. Like let's let's acquire yeah. another star player to add to Ransom. Yeah, and it's still an asset. We still own, we still have that pick. We can still trade it if we want. People are trade acting it. like it, it's vanishing. Like well, you don't <laughs> use it this year, it's gone. Like, no, Oof. we yeah, we still have next year. And I mean, I'm kind of hoping the maps improve a little bit now because I don't want this. Situation. Like we, I think our prayer circles work too much because Knicks fans <laughs> wanted this, this pick. But I remember earlier this season, we thought it would be like a 20 pick. And then when it was like 16, 15, we were like, okay, this is looking good. Starting getting close to 12, 11. And now, uh, she's hopefully the, 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 the luck rolls the next way and we get a high pick, but let's, let's see what happens. You know, we'll see. We'll see. Um, as we wrap up this episode, I just want to point out the Knicks have beaten Cleveland three times. They beat Boston three times. They beat Philly twice, Miami three times, Brooklyn twice and Atlanta twice. Just Milwaukee. We just haven't beat Milwaukee. But apart from that, we, we just, we defeated a lot of the top teams in the East and that just proves this wasn't a fluke season. If if some, if some people want to point to the 2021 season as a fluke season because of the pandemic. Okay. But this season proves otherwise by the way that that season with the fourth seed again that was one of the major issues we had looking at the teams like the Sixers those top the Celtics we didn't have a good record against those teams we weren't able to beat those teams or even the teams in the west I remember always being really upset about that going into the regular season I mean I will say that also gave me the irrational confidence that we could beat a team like the Hawks because we swept them in the regular season Mm -hmm. but I think I think the Knicks have a good sample size to indicate that they are here to mean business and they can fight with those, those top four teams in the East. They're, they're ready yeah. to, to play. Absolutely. All right. That about wraps up this episode of Nickish. Make sure you check out our website, nick-ish.com. Cop yourself some Nickish gear to wear to the NBA playoffs, man. Wear it, wear it to the Knicks game. It's going to look dope as hell. And make sure you give our podcast a five-star review and um, check out on all podcasting platforms and uh, keep your eye out for more good stuff that's coming from Nickish. Until next time, take care. Peace. Peace.